Hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast. We have a new format of the show and it's broken up into four parts. Moments of All, where I share actionable tips, strategies and coaching models that you can implement in your daily life for massive improvements. Tips from my pen, where I share personal insights from my morning pages. The Paradigm Shift blogcast, where you can now listen to our monthly themed articles. And finally, Purposeful Conversations with our Radical Shift series, where we have honest chats with change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. week we have another super amazing human being for you we have the lovely Jan Christensen Jan is a leader in spiritual mentoring coaching and the author of Magnificent Mind a book that helps you understand your thinking after a very busy life married with two beautiful daughters as well as a nursing career her life changed when she had a fall at work resulting in a head injury and a near-death experience Recovering from the head injury and gaining an understanding of the near-death experience allowed for an amazing spiritual journey to evolve and it continues to this day. She has a background in psychology, attaining a bachelor's degree from the University of Manitoba. However, she learned of a completely different psychological health available to all of us, that being the energy that we are all made of. This energy has a consciousness and that consciousness is in every cell of our body, giving each of us a divine spirit within us. She now has a deep understanding of our spirit within and leads people to learn to live from this space. This space is living from love, wisdom and abundance in all areas of our life as we navigate life on earth as a spirit having a human experience. It's now time to tune into this wonderful human being. Enjoy. Well, good morning or good afternoon, depending on what side of the world you are at today. We have the beautiful Jan Christensen. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Catherine, for such a nice, warm welcoming. So the way that we love to start the show, Jan, is we always love to ask our guests, What's your story? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, that's a that's always a beautiful discussion, isn't it? Everybody gets here to it, this place from such different angles. And it's I love to hear about other people's stories too. But for me and for what we're going to start out discussing today, uh, we'll talk about my near-death experience, which was several years ago now. And uh, it, it, it was short and sweet, seemingly, uh, but it left me with some profound understandings and reminders of who we really are, I think is, is a good way to put it. Um, because I, I was very spiritual as a child, and then I lost it. You know, I just got into human mode and into brain mode. And then... Um, I had this experience where I was at work and uh, I was a community nurse. And in this experience, I um, slipped on ice. And normally that should be something that's not too traumatic. However, I tried to catch myself. And as I tried to catch myself, my feet got more wound up until they shot straight up in the air and I came down on the top of my head. So I 
went unconscious immediately. I, I just, um, I, I don't even recall I, hitting the ground. It was just boom, I was unconscious. And the, uh, the experience of where I was, was suddenly I was in sort of a, a dark place, but I could see without my human eyes and I could hear without my human ears and feel without the human touch. So all of that was there. Uh, but in a different way. And so immediately I thought, where am I? And then there was this, this soft feeling of, a, oh, I'm here. Like I knew where I was. And from there, I just, there was just a quietness, a, a quiet that is beyond anything that we can experience in the real world. Cause there's always noise coming from somewhere. There was, there was nothing. It was just this peaceful, peaceful you know, surrounding and knowing that I was safe. But I, I had no fear. And then I experienced the sensation that I kind of expressed like this. It was like the air coming out of a balloon. It was just this, this soft. And I suddenly lost the density of my body. And I was just floating freely and I expanded in every direction I just felt myself go in every direction backwards forwards ups, left and right and um it's a funny feeling because as a human we're so contained we're energy but we're so contained and so this feeling of expansion was just amazing it was um uh feeling that is it's hard to explain in our humanness because we are contained but this feeling of of expansion was a feeling of becoming everything all at once it was just poof and there was a gentle floating to it and again i was there i could see without eyes i could hear without ears and i always point that out because people find it hard to imagine what this energy is all about and it's just um so much more than than what people think of as just the energy because there there's a way of seeing there's a way of hearing there's a way of being and there's a connection to everything and some people, or many people, have their near-death experience, and they go through a lot of different, um, sometimes, life reviews and things like that. I just went, poof, straight to an expansion and a oneness with everything. So it was just beautiful. But the most amazing thing was the feeling that accompanied it. It was just perfection. It was a wave of... Pure love is the only way to describe it because um, I guess it. we each have our own little essence of, of how we feel in our spiritual self, how we feel as our soul. And so I feel my essence here on earth sometimes, but out there I felt it, but magnified a million times. So it was just this feeling of perfection, as I put it, of love. And the thought that came to me was, I need absolutely nothing else. I could just stay here in this state forever, feeling like this, and there would I wouldn't require anything else. I could just float like this forever. And again, in our humanness, we go, wouldn't that be boring? How you know? How could you feel that way? But when you when you float in what I call pure love, pure consciousness. It's, it is us in eternity, really. I believe that. I believe we have a, a soul or a spirit or an essence to us that um, is the pure energy that we have with us here on earth. And when it's released from our human body and we go out there and float in that, that is who we would be in eternity. And I also think that we don't hold all of that inside of us here as a human being, we just hold a part of our soul, a part of our spirit. And so when we're released out of our body and we go back out there, we become one with the entire self that, of our soul and probably everything else is the way I experienced it.
just part of everything. And um, this uh, way of feeling, I thought, well, I guess I didn't think, but to me, I was just there and I was there forever. It was good. I was fine. Let's just go with this. It's it's um, perfection. And then a thought came to me, uh, what about your daughters? And that thought lingered. I have two daughters and being a mother is the most important role in life to me. I just love it. Um, and so this thought was there, what about your daughters? And then there was a huge white light that I could see in the distance coming really fast towards me. And I thought, you know, my daughters still need me. And with that, there was just no decision. Would I stay on that side or would I come back? I just completely, in a matter of a split second, came right back into my body and back into the density of the our self in form and formlessness, our body and our spirit. And I felt that immediately. There I was back in the state that I had been in the beginning of this experience. And from there, uh, my eyelids were able suddenly to see the light from outside. Instead of being in that quiet, darker place, I could see the light from outside. And I opened my eyes. And from there, I was in quite a bit of distress because I wasn't able to get the proper amount of oxygen. And of course, I was injured. I couldn't speak. Um, so I had a long road to recovery. Uh, but this experience, which seemed like an absolutely devastating experience, was something that turned out to be quite a miracle in my life because it brought me back to who I truly am. And from coming back to that core understanding, I was able then to go on a spiritual journey of learning new things, but also remembering things that I knew as a child that I had forgotten. So it, it was uh, remarkable for me. It's really remarkable. Remarkable. It sounds profound. So I can't imagine what that would be like having that experience. How did that change? What were some of the changes that took place after that? Obviously, now that you had this experience and this expansion and the connection of the soul, uh, how did that change everything that you did from that moment? Well, because I sustained a brain injury from that incident, it was quite a while before I really truly understood what it was a whole about, what had happened and um, was able to make a recovery back to um, then engaging with a, a real amazing spiritual journey. But I think something that was interesting was even during the whole time that I was recovering from a brain injury, I had a way of tapping into moving out of the brain functioning and tapping into uh, perfect, perfect explanation to myself of what was going on and perfect explanation to other people of what was going on. And this made for great confusion for the doctors because I would say, my brain is not functioning well. And then I would explain what was going on. And they would say, well, you know, you sound very normal. To me, you sound fine. And they would do tests and it would show very abnormal activity on the, the brain scan or the um, EEG. And they would say, well, it must be from something else that's occurring in your body, like maybe your heart or something, because you're, you're um, able to verbalize perfectly. And to my way of thinking, what was going on was that I had learned to speak more through my spiritual self than my brain self to speak literally what it is, is speaking through your heart, speaking through your soul, instead of speaking through your brain functioning. And that was, that was pretty cool. Even though I didn't understand what was going on. I do now I can look back and see. Um, so just to fast forward to when I really feel like I had healed from my brain injury and i they told me that I would never heal from it. And I just never believed that. I just never took that on as a belief. I believed 
every day that I would improve and improve more. And that's exactly what I did. Um, to the point where I feel very normal. I, my brain functioning is fine and I am fine. Um, I can still get kind of mixed up in my humanness sometimes because I think we all can. I think we all can. And because of my brain injury, I think I have a tendency to fall into that a little more often. So I really like relating to people more from my heart and from my spiritual self than ever going totally human. <laughs> Whenever I go totally human, things go awry. We'll put it that way. So even in speaking to you, there's a way to speak from your head, from your intellect, or there's a way to speak from your heart. And it literally goes like this. You have a thought in your head. It's not something that is comfortable or you want to experience it differently. Drop it down to your heart and have that thought in your heart and speak from that place. And that, I think, has been a tremendous uncovering for me to understand and to uh, go through life with. And this is not something I've had all along. This is something that I've grown into an understanding of. Um, and it's something I wish everybody could have for themselves because it's a much more harmonious way to go through life. You're not so hurt and so caught up by the thinking that comes from our brain. Because most of the thoughts that we have, we don't have to believe at all. If they make us uncomfortable, they, it's often just our ego talking. And so when we drop it down to our heart and speak from there and feel from there and understand from there, so much of the pain of humanness goes away. Yeah, I've heard that so many times that when you um, drop into your heart, and I do that as a practice because many seers, many spiritual teachers talk about the heart is the doorway to the soul. And so I've been practicing dropping into my heart as often as possible, even when listening to someone makes a massive difference because when you're, and if you're, especially like me, I'm very visual. And so being so visual, when somebody speaks to me, I can be distracted quite easily externally when I'm in my yeah. mind. But when I drop into my heart and be present with the individual, I hear things very differently to if I was in my mind. Mm. Isn't that so true? Isn't that so true? Absolutely. Uh, it's a, life is a different experience, really, <laughs> when you come from your heart space. 100%. So, Jan, I'm curious, now that you've had this experience, I think that if I'm putting myself in your shoes and I had that experience, I would it, I would go almost on a quest to have that experience again. So is that something that you've obviously, you know that there's 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 a greater aspect of you. Do you have this desire to connect with it and be in that space again? And if so, what do you do? You know, I don't have the desire to go back to that space. Uh, I know I will sometime, someday. But I have learned to bring in so much of my soul into my human body that feels so amazing that I really don't need to go back to that space. I'm not in a rush to go back there. No. And um, I spent a lot of my life in that very tough space of being human, of hurting, of being told things about myself and then believing them, things that were not true. And things that made me feel not good about myself, experiences in life that I was completely in the intellect, going through life in the functioning of a human with a brain. When the truth is we can go through life as a spirit having a human experience. And that's the difference. So going through life as a human, having a human experience is full of so much pain. Um, it's very hard to, it's very hard to be happy. It's very hard to find joy. It's very hard to feel confident. <laughs> it's, it's tough. And so um, for people who go through their whole life just feeling human, I feel some sadness for them because there is this other way of being. 
And I think we both know that a lot of people experience so much pain in their lives. Um, my, my hope in life is to help as many people as I can to see that there's a whole nother way to live here in our form and formlessness, in our body and spirit that will bring so much joy. And it's just, it's like a river of blessings that are there for us to either see and experience or miss out. And we can do either because there's nothing, because we're here with, with free will. We are allowed as humans to just stay there in that human role and go through our entire life. And many people do, and that's fine. That's fine. But I know it's painful. I just know it is for every person who does that. So you, you mentioned before that you your desire is not to go back in that place, but you've learned how to bring uh, more soul into your uh, day-to-day living. How does one do that? You, um, you know, it's, it's very important to have a faith and a belief that you can do these things. Once you have the faith and the belief, then you can do pretty much anything. And I mean, pretty much anything. Uh, the power that most people have just absolutely would scare them if they knew, if they knew what they were capable of. And so when we talk about specifically ourself, our soul, our spirit, and how do we bring that into ourself, we learn to call it back in because it, it swims. It's up there. A lot of it's up there. And it's not all going to come down and be present inside of you here as a human, but a lot of it will if you ask for it. It's like anything else. Ask and you'll often receive. So get quiet. And speak to your soul. Let's get to come into you in the in the highest form of love that you are, and that's up there to just come down and be inside your body. And it's a big part of healing for people because when you bring that into you and you feel who you really are in a much bigger way, then you begin to understand what this what all this talk is about human and spirit, about form and formlessness. Uh, Most people will, well, they can't believe it until they feel it, right? Until they experience it. How can they believe it? So I don't like convincing people, but I sure like giving them some ideas of things to try to see if they can feel it, to see if they can feel their essence, their spirit, the fragrance of who they are. Because once you feel it, you're going to want to go back and back there and feel it more and more. Um, yeah. Not, as you said, not necessarily go back out there, but right here, right now. Mm, I love that. And it's it's not like we have to have a near-death experience to experience that because I definitely haven't had a near-death experience, but I have had profound um, experiences which I've actually um, uh, identify as um, a speck of my soul coming into my meditation, a speck of it, because I feel bliss. I feel euphoric. I don't feel, I don't feel my body. Um, and I feel what you are describing, um, there is no boundary. There is no edge. There is just expansion of love. And so, but it, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like when you try to hang on to it, once you connect with it, instead of just allowing it to happen, and just having faith that it is there, I what I try to do, then I try to bring it in more. And, of course, it kind of like dissipates because it's, it's, it's like I'm trying to hang on to it. So exactly. what, what is that? That is uh, efforting, right? That's efforting. It's, it's, uh, it's getting in the way of the whole thing. When we go, oh, yeah, now more and more and more of that, and then it goes. I think what is more helpful is just to say to yourself, allow, okay, just allow and settle down instead of going, instead of amping up, just settle down and allow and say that to yourself if you need to. And most of us do because we don't allow. We're just busy efforting and, and 
trying so hard. And everything is really so much easier than we make it. Everything, absolutely everything. We just, we just can't quite see that because we're so used to being told, work hard, work hard, work hard. Now work harder, work harder. When um, this settling down and, as you say, meditating, breathing, and then allowing, it all just comes to you. Mm. And this, this notion that the universe will surrender to a quiet mind is so true. And people, to get a quiet mind is so hard because we're so up in our heads. So get out of your head and get quiet. And it's quite remarkable what the universe will tell you, show you, teach you, let you see. If you're awake to it, I think that I always say listen to the signs and um, the signs are always there. It's really interesting. When you were talking about the efforting, um, I quite often talk about resistance. So allowing and accepting what is without effort is creating even more expansion. So I'm just going, I just had a bit of an aha moment. But efforting saying I want more of this, you're actually creating resistance and thus pushing it away and creating that more distance rather than uh, the connection to take place. Exactly. That's exactly it. Exactly it. And the more resistance we have to anything, the the more difficult it will be and the farther away it will go. As soon as there's resistance, it's not going to happen. Whatever it is you're looking for, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and you hear it all the time. You know, it's um, quite often I hear people say, and I do too, It's we're such doing beings that it's just about being. And to be is not that easy when you're constantly, like it's that part of that culture, we're constantly working, doing, efforting, whatever you want to call those words. But we are constantly creating resistance for ourselves when we're in a place, and for me, and for our viewers as well and our listeners, that if you have got one of those minds that, like mine, that is over, like chatters, my mind doesn't stop. It overprocesses, it overthinks. What I do is just drop into my heart as often as possible. So when I make a decision, I will say, what would my heart say if it had to make the decision? Because when it's in my mind, sometimes I have to sleep on it. Sometimes I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, it's like I'm playing tennis in my head with these yes. thoughts but as soon as I drop yeah. into my heart that dissipates and there's more clarity about making a decision yeah and you know uh does anybody ever really teach us how to make decisions no and does our brain really help us to make decisions no <laughs> that's that's a tough reality to accept but it's a truth and the more that we try to dig into our brain the more the more uh, convoluted it gets and, and the more complicated it gets. And you hit on something so important. Falling into your heart is really also falling into your deeper consciousness, right? And decisions can be made from consciousness strictly and completely, or they can be made from clarity. You know how sometimes you just know, ah, that's it. That's clarity. Or they can be made from the intellect. We have those choices to make decisions in in those three ways or a combination of two of those. Um, But nobody told us that. We just knew to make it from our brain. And also, I've heard, and I think this is true, that our heart knows the answer six seconds before our brain knows the answer. And so if we just grab onto that immediate response, we can eliminate all that, all that that goes on up here, which is not going to be helpful. Yeah, and that's Joe Dispenser's work where they they are actually, I think it was Joe Dispenser, where they actually put the uh, the individuals as part of the research were able to identify the picture before it came up on the screen um, because they picked up the vibrational frequency of the picture uh, through heart or it might be heart math I'm trying to I'm just trying to think who his research it was but you're right it is it is and that goes back to intuitive intelligence that I speak about like I'm very big on don't believe everything your your brain tells you right you can't believe everything or your thoughts because I think that we have and what well, depends on the research but there's something like 
um, 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And a lot of them are repeating from the day before uh, and not even your thoughts. And then we also pick up thoughts from, because we are vibrational frequencies, that we're picking up thoughts from uh, our environment as well. So it's really important to drop into your heart as often and not believe your thoughts because your thoughts, and that could be the ego mind, uh, some people call it the, the ego mind, will um, have those uh, thoughts or conversations, internal conversations to keep you exactly where where they want it, where the ego wants to keep you, right? So it's when you start into drop into your heart, there is an expansion that takes place. And see in French, the, the heart is cœur. And this is where the courage, when you actually fall into your heart as often as possible, you are expansive and thus are more willing to take a risk, more willing to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, so it is, but it's it's a practice because it's so easy to stay in the mind. Like it's easy for us to have this conversation now, but even I struggle with it. How do you go about dropping into your heart on a daily basis? Oh, I just I just do it as much as I can now. Whenever I can see see myself going somewhere else, I come back. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was watching TV the other night. And TV, you know, we always get kind of lost in that, and um, emotions come up. And they were showing this mother who was really so awful. She she had her daughter doing beauty pageants and. You know, she was very critical and not very affectionate. And I was watching it. And all of a sudden I thought, I could have been a better mother, you know. And I was lost for about 30 seconds. And then I said, oh, bullshit to that. <laughs> not, not going down that road. Because we can always look back and see how things could have been different, could have been better. But if we come to the present moment and we recognize that here and now, it's all fine. Back when you try to look and see how you could have done things differently, you can always beat yourself up. But it's not going to help in any way. It's not going to help. So you drop back into your heart and you know that you have, your intentions have always been good and that I've always done the best I knew how to do. And it always worked out fine. You know, you're back in your heart. So that's how quick you can do it. You can stay there and go through those thunderous, horrible thoughts of I shoulda, coulda, woulda, if I had a, you know, not going to be helpful. Yeah, it's so true. And in, in, in the mind, I always say in the mind, when we stay in the mind, this is where the inner critic resides. It's where the fear resides. It's it's all in the mind. Um, and it mm -hmm. is a state of mind. But when you drop into your heart, the inner critic has no space in here. When you drop into your heart, the fear has no space. They cannot coexist together. So there's so many, um, and, and I, I'm also thinking too from a vibrational frequency, the more that you uh, spend time, I used to do some work with, um, he's passed away now, Master Chow Kok Sui, and he used to have this amazing meditation, which is, a, is just investing time in your heart and expanding your heart frequency. And it was amazing because the amount of people that healed from um you know, cancer and really like a, a profound healings. Now, I remember even one lady who was, uh, her eyesight became better, um, you know, just profound things. So for us to drop into our heart, this it is one of those, it is a practice, a daily practice, and it is like you mm -hmm. were talking about being conscious about when you are in your mind and going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you can you can you can spend your whole life down in that rabbit hole, or you can get out of it, and you can stay out of it, and you can. The more you prompt yourself, the more you will get out and stay out. But come back to heart expansion and love. It's the answer to everything, and we've been told that over and over and over. But I think we all get stuck on well, how, why, what does that mean? How the answer is love to everything, but what, what? Help me with that, you know. And the reason that love is the answer to everything is because it's the energy is love. The energy is pure love. It's also wisdom, knowledge, divinity. It's, it's really what I call God to many people think of as God. Um, it's, it's the supreme 
uh, creator. It's everything. And so if energy is everything and energy is love, then it's got to be the answer to everything. And when we fall into our heart space and everything falls in place and we can come from that space, we can also take that love and go into areas of our body that are in pain. And when we put that love there, we can heal ourselves. And what we can do is so remarkable. Each and every one of us, when we when we learn about the energy, we learn about the frequency, we learn about uh, the vibration, how to read it, how to place it where you want, how to get it out when it's stuck inside you. I think that's what causes illness in people is stuck energy. I really do. It gets stuck and then it festers and, and physically you end up with um, the manifestation of disease. Um, and I, I'm really hesitant to say that because I never want anyone to blame themselves for being sick. It is not your fault. It is not my fault if I'm sick. It's nobody's fault. Never look for fault. But learn new things. That's that's open for discussion, you know. So never feel bad if if you have a disease. Don't don't feel like it's your fault. I I find it very important to mention that because I never want anyone to feel um, like they need to beat themselves up for anything because you don't. Yeah, I I I look at it this way. I I know what you're saying, but if if you're if you uh, start expanding from it and I agree with you that I agree that when we repress emotions they've got to go somewhere right so if everything is energy including ourselves um then it's got to be it's got to reside somewhere in our body and there's enough research and we've had a couple of people on the show that talk about how energy that's not uh, emotions that are not expressed will get stuck in our meridian somewhere and manifest as something Right. So, um, and I don't, I don't look at it as blaming yourself. Absolutely not, because no one teaches us this stuff. But if anything, exactly. when we start uh, expanding our heart, and that to me is very powerful, empowering. If anything, because you, we are powerful creatures. We just forgot that we've got the power, and that our body is amazing. It can heal through love, right? So by loving ourselves, it's not by blaming. I think once again, that comes from the mind when you start blaming, or I'm not good enough, or I created this cancer, or whatever that may be. Once you have this information, it's more like, wow, I can heal myself. And so yes. it, there goes the, I guess the the going to the doing the deep work. I call going within. One thing I did think about when you were talking about love, and I think this is really important, and a lesson I've had to learn over the last couple of years as well, is that. It's okay to um, expand because I used to go, well, how do you expand yourself? And I think loving, it starts with loving thyself, falling in love with thyself. And I know that's still a lot of work that I'm working through at the moment, Um, but then loving others as well. And I think that it's okay to love uh, everyone around you, but I think boundaries are also really important. And I, I just wanted to say that too, because um, I had this conversation not that long ago about love, and it is all about love, right? When you think about it, there is um, when something you know doesn't align with you, and when you come from a, a matter of the heart, it doesn't affect you as as much. But it doesn't mean you have to have it in your life. So, what are your thoughts around boundaries and love? Um, you know, there's a way to love in our human ways. And there's a way to love spiritually. And so when I look back on loving from my humanness, it was always filled with jealousy and anger and all those things, those human things, which are, I'm not, I don't want to feel like being human is a bad thing, but um, our human ways can grow and can evolve. And I think that's how I want to come at this from. Because uh, loving from our humanness is very hard, very hard to come out healthy in any, any way. Most of the time, we don't come out of it in a healthy way. But when we come from our spiritual self and love, first 
ourselves. We learn a whole new way of loving. It, it's a much less deeper attachment because when you love yourself, then everything from the outside is, it, it's, it's not as big in significance as when it's only the outside and you have to make sure that you stay in tune with that and can keep it alive. It, it's a lot of work. But when you love yourself and then you work towards finding everyone else to be, knowing that everyone else is love at the core, at their core, everyone is pure love. Then you can be gentler, kinder, and um, not have the not have the the jealous, the anger, all that stuff that comes in from the brain mm. to the heart. Yeah, I love the way that you described the, the the separation of the which separation is probably not the right word with the human self to the soul self. But see, for me, I always because I think that yes, we are all here to learn. We are of of love. We are a soul. So quite I always say namaste. So my soul acknowledges your soul. And the thing that I was doing, I was doing a lot of spiritual bypassing because when I was seeing others, I'm like, that's not really, your behavior is not really who you are. And so I was always forgiving because I know you are greater than that and you are bigger than that. But at the same time, I would uh, endure uh, immense pain uh, because I was allowing this to take place, knowing they are a soul having a human experience. And so that's why I think, you know, for me, when I talk about love and expansion, there's also, it's okay to have boundaries, whether it's like, I acknowledge you, I love you, I respect you, I forgive you, but I don't need you. What are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And it means that you don't have to go on endlessly forgiving behavior that you you don't want anything to do with truly in your heart you have had it with certain behaviors and you just want to move on from them you can do that as soon as you love yourself enough to see that that's not for me but vibrationally we will always know when we get in so in touch with our own energy that um we then learn to understand other people's energy and you just won't jive. You won't sync with what is not in, li in line with you, with your energy. And so that's, I think that's where humans are going. And to me, that's so exciting because we will lose that um, way that we have always had of um, falling into the trap of losing ourselves to another person because as you evolve spiritually, energetically, vibrationally, you just stop doing all that stuff. You just stop. It you you feel it in your belly and you go, oh, nope, not for me. Right? You know, and it's so true because if I think about it last, I've done a lot of work over the last three or four years on myself. And I have to say that I have a lot more respect for myself and a lot more love for myself. And I think it goes back to what you're saying. When you have greater love for yourself, you're increasing your vibrational frequency. And thus you get to a point where I don't need this in my life anymore, or I actually deserve better, or I love myself more than I love you, which is something I've never been able to say. Um, so I think that's yeah. a big part is loving yourself because once you really yeah. do love yourself, you're not going to allow these things to um, to occur anymore or take place. So I think that's really important. And I agree with the whole vibrational frequency. You start, I mean, people pick up on your vibes, right? You pick up on other people's vibes, right? And so you're if you're not a vibrational frequency match, then you're you can see there's there, there may be distance rather than connection. And you will see there's sometimes there's people that you encounter um, and you don't know, but there's vibrational frequency is the same. And then all of a sudden you feel like you've known this person forever and you connect with them at, at, a, at, that, at that frequency. Mm, I love it. So I'd love to, Jan, deep dive into your book, Magnificent Mind. Would you like to give us a little bit about the book and what are we ex to expect from your book? Um, yes, thank you for asking. And 
this book is basically um, where I started my spiritual journey. And so it might be an interesting read for someone starting their spiritual journey. It explains to you why you don't have to believe your thinking and why you have been taught things that are really not true. By everybody since you were a child and how dropping away judgment and dropping away beliefs is going to help you to um, live a more peaceful mind. And so the idea behind the concept of the three principles is that we have a mind, a consciousness, and we have thought. Um, these three things are, are so significant. And consciousness is the one that I immediately gravitate to now because it's so significant. Our consciousness has an effect on everything, absolutely everything. Um, a science experiment that really drove this home for me was um, there, were, there was a group of scientists and they were looking at molecules through a, a microscope and each of them was wanting to decide how often a molecule would penetrate this other substance and how often it would miss and go around it. And so they all said, well, you know, it's probably a 50-50 chance that this will happen. And so they looked through the microscope and what did they find? A 50-50 chance. Was it exactly right? You know, raw for them. They got it right. And they were filming this and then they went over to the other side of the room they were in and they were having a discussion. And one of them said to the other one, you know, I Think we left the camera on over there so they went back and sure enough it was still filming so they said we should look at it and see what what went on when we were gone and so they looked at the rest of the film and interestingly as soon as they went away from the experiment it did something completely different these molecules started doing everything at the same time, which as humans, we can understand because we are, you either do something or you don't. But these molecules, as soon as they took their um, consciousness off of the experiment that was going on, these molecules started doing all things at once. There was no 50-50. So what we can read from that is the consciousness of the individuals looking through the microscope had an effect on the cells that were under the microscope. And so that is powerful because it gives you a little glimpse into how powerful we are and what consciousness of our own free will can do without our even knowing it. And so it, it just speaks again to how powerful we are and how there's so much more going on than we can even fathom. If we learned everything that we could possibly learn, there's way more going on than, than we'll ever know. Um, and that's partly also because the energy is always evolving and growing too. So what's going on is advancing and we're learning but there's more happening ahead of the game that energy knows about and that is doing and changing. Um, so I'm not sure why I went on this little tangent, but apparently <laughs> needed to say this. Oh, you, so, you were talking about the difference between consciousness, mind, and thought. Yes. All right. My book. So um, this, this really is, a, a, for someone who's on a spiritual journey, it's a good place to start. It's not where I'm at today. And it's time for another book. So I'll just kind of put it that way. <laughs> if, you're, if you're interested in understanding how to get a little more peaceful inside, uh, this is a good way to start is reading that book. So how would you, I'm, I'm curious myself, because I've got a fair idea, but I'd love to hear it from you. How, how, do you, um, how would you explain the difference between thought, mind, and consciousness? Okay. Um, we have a personal and a universal mind and we have a personal universal consciousness and there's personal and universal thought. So you, you first need to make that distinction. And we've talked a lot about this already, what goes on in the brain and what goes on in the heart. There's the human consciousness and there's the universal consciousness. So um, 
I find it, you know, I find it even a little difficult to go back to this thinking because I'm, I've gone so far beyond it. <laughs> Excuse me, I have to wrap my head around it a little bit. It's important that we understand the things we were talking about. The thoughts are generated and they don't have to mean anything. For example, oftentimes if you wake up in the morning and you just feel like crap and you think, why do I feel like this? And you may come up with a reason. I guess I'm I'm feeling rotten because of, and a thought will come. Oh yeah, that's it. So you go down the rest of the day with that and you stay feeling like crap. You may have just during the night taken on big waft of the universal consciousness that's going on all around us, which is pretty wafty because most people are feeling pretty um, uh, mixed up, not sure about decision making, not sure about so much in their life. And so if you if your energy taps into that, then your consciousness is going to be greatly affected by that. Um, so that's just to give you an idea of our, your personal consciousness and the universal consciousness. Um, so the, we're back to square one. What do we do about our thinking? Well, we stop and we recognize that the thoughts that come through our mind are often not even our own. They may be a thought that came from out there because thoughts are very fluid. They're a blip of energy. And so they can come through, and if it doesn't feel good to you, it doesn't feel right, it takes you down in confidence level, let it go. You don't have to figure it out. Um, so that gives you an idea of consciousness and thought. And, of course, the mind, the human mind is the ego, I think. I think is the best way to describe it. So there's a uh, personal ego, a place in us that wants to be in control, a place that um, is very, it comes from humanness, basically. It comes from um, something inside that wants to keep us safe. This mind of ours always comes up with the worst possible scenarios, I think is a good way to put it. It, it creates fear in us. And as soon as that happens, then we fall out of the loving feeling and into the fear. And so the human mind has won in that situation. Whereas if we look at the universal mind, it's, it's a higher consciousness, it's higher thoughts, and it takes you away from fear. It takes you towards feelings of contentment, feelings of peace, and feelings of love. So there's the, those are the distinctions that are mm. in the book. So the mind's almost like the processor. Um, I, it made me think about, um, we were talking about vibrational frequency. So for us, there, there is, so same with thoughts. Thoughts are vibrations. And depending on our state of being, we can pick up these vibrations and process them as if they were our own. However, if we were to increase our vibrational frequency, we would then be greater than than the this environment, and so then we would match to a high level of consciousness, and this is where we we actually are tapping into completely different energy. Is that correct? And thus, maybe Absolutely. the mind is not it probably because the the vibrational frequency of the mind is probably a little bit lower than consciousness. Um, we won't hear those those repeating stories that keep us stuck or the inner critic or the ego. So it is about increasing our vibrational frequency. Mm. Absolutely. And Thank even you. when you're, yeah, even when you're uh, uh, talking with people and in, in a counseling situation, one-on-one, -on -one, you can, you can um, take on the thoughts that they are having can go boom. Mm. the way we do with energy and suddenly you can be feeling something that is and thinking something that is totally not in alignment with who you are and if you're not kind of aware of what's happening then you get kind of lost in that you think oh what's wrong with me suddenly I'm feeling this and that when all you need to do is recognize what's happening raise your frequency and as soon as you raise your frequency you raise your consciousness and you're back to where you are instead of being pulled down to where the other person maybe is. 
there, there, uh, David Hawkins talks about how we pick up on each other's energy through our auric field. So it is you're picking up, um, I'm just trying to think as well, we are the average of the five people we hang out with. Uh, So once again, it goes back to that behavior breeds behavior. So we're we're tapping into other, like you said, picking up on other people's vibes and then carrying it as if it's our own. Um, I love Mm -hmm. that. So as we start wrapping up the show, Jane, we always love to ask our guests to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our tribe what would be three shiny golden golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our tribe today well i think anybody who's on a spiritual journey can benefit from anybody who wants to improve their life they don't even have to be on a spiritual journey maybe you want to just feel less discomfort inside you want to in you want more joy in your life more love more happiness it's it's really significant if you start doing some deep breathing in your nose and out your mouth. And I always use the three, six, nine approach. Breathe in to the count of three, hold it to the count of six and breathe out to the count of nine. And those, by the way, numbers three, six, nine are the numbers that Tesla always said, the, they unlock the universe. So there's something for you to think about as you do your breathing. Are you unlocking the universe? Maybe. Um, deep breathing. Meditation. Do some meditating. Find something that you enjoy. Um, I always like the theta beta beats that are in the background of some music because though we can we can heal through the vibration and the frequency of the binaural beats. It's been proven that actually um, people who have diseases can like the Alzheimer's, for example. They have a uh, growth on their myelin sheath. And when they listen to the binaural beats, this buildup is actually cracked off. So there's there's just so many things you can do. So back to quickly, meditate, breathe. Um, the other one I wanted to mention is ground, center, and align. And there are many people teaching that out there. Find what feels good to you for your grounding, centering, and aligning. And always have good intentions because the universe knows what you're doing. It understands. And if you set out to do things with good intentions, you will um, have a much easier time in life. And we are always guided and we're always safe. If we just listen, we will always get advice on what to do. But you need to ask for it. So if you need help, ask for help. Ask and you shall receive. So Jan, thank you for the three shiny gold nuggets. And I'm big on binaural beats, so I'm um, I've been doing that for years, and I do uh, uh, highly recommend it. It's one of those things that really, uh, and there's so many different uh, vibrational frequencies you can listen to to, uh, you know, to settle your mind or to increase your heart vibration. There's so many out there, so there's uh, lots on YouTube mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so where would be the best place for our family, let's call them, instead of tribe, uh, to find you, Jan? I really appreciate it if people just email me. Um, that way we can we can ex- have a little exchange of who we are and um, I can get an idea of what people are looking for and whether we're a good fit or we're not a good fit. And so, yeah, an email. Excellent. Jan, J-A-N-C, uh, 7387 at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Jan, for giving us your email address. Now, I hope you don't get pounded with lots of emails. Um, and we'll have uh, your website and so forth and the link to your Magnificent Mind book in our show notes. Thank Jan, you. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom. It's been an honor to have you on the show. So thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure meeting you and I've enjoyed our company together today for sure. Nice energy. Sorry? Nice energy. Ah, absolutely. High vibes. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Have an amazing day. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for today. You too. Thank you. Bye for now.
Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. If you have been a long time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you. Content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. Wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste.